Welcome to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show, starring Garrett Ashley Mullet. So today, I'd like to talk about judging and what does the Bible say about judgment. Uh, you know, it, it's not a secret that uh, for many people, the only thing they could really quote, uh, apparently the only thing they think Jesus ever said was, judge not, lest ye be judged. And so they'll pull that out. That's supposed to be a trump card in any discussion about uh, morals, truth, uh, good and evil, wisdom and folly. And when that card is played, you're just supposed to fold and walk away from the table. That is game over for you in their minds. And uh, if you don't, and if you uh, you pursue the matter further, then uh, you you can expect in this day and age to be written off uh, pretty easily. Uh, you might not be. You know, maybe you can persuade the the person who is accusing you of being judgmental that uh, what you're doing is appropriate, uh, but uh, there's a high probability that you will not be able to. Um, most of the, the folks, once they uh, pull that trump card, uh, they've already written you off. If they think that you are, uh, quote-unquote, judgmental, then, uh, and, and then that's it. And the reason I bring this up today is uh, I published, uh, recorded, etc., uh, this uh, last episode of the podcast, uh, I titled it Making Babies. If you haven't heard it yet, go back and, and give it a listen to give it, get a little bit of context for uh, this discussion today. But uh, I, I published that yesterday and I shared it to Facebook. And uh, a certain <clears throat> gentleman uh, commented and objected to the overtly judgmental nature of what he had heard. And uh, he, he did not care for what I had to say. And so we, we got into a discussion about it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that uh, he kept his tone civil. And we I think we had a good discussion. Even if we don't agree, that's still entirely possible to, to have a conversation. And I, I would say it's more than just possible. It's, it's imperative that we talk with people uh, that we don't agree with and who don't agree with us. Uh, otherwise, we really deprive ourselves and uh, everyone else of uh, basic critical thinking exercises and opportunities, which help us to grow, which help us to refine our thinking, even if we're not persuaded by the other person. Uh, having to explain what we mean in a way that makes sense uh, and to try and persuade others or to try and consider their point of view, all of that is uh, very good stuff that... Uh, we should make a habit of and we should practice and we try, should try to be skillful at and gracious about. But, uh, you know, just in, in discussing this with this gentleman, uh, I was reminded of many, many, many similar conversations I've had with people over the years. And, uh, you know, as I've mentioned in some of my first episodes uh, for this podcast, uh, I am not new to uh, public discourse and engaging in the marketplace of ideas. I've been writing for On the Rocks blog for three and a half years. Um, 
you know, I, I have, uh, have not written for here for a couple of months and, uh, I, you know, that, that avenue may be uh, closed moving forward. This podcasting thing might be my new mode of expression uh, for the time being. But uh, you know, at least before this, I, I was uh, blogging. Uh, before that three and a half years, I had been uh, engaging friends and friends of friends on uh, Facebook primarily. Uh, there was also an app for Facebook years and years ago, probably a good decade ago by this point, called MindKey, and uh, it, it got changed into I Think, and uh, that was just full of discussion, full of uh, uh, interesting ideas. Uh, there were some characters on there who really didn't care for me, in fact, uh, and, and just, you know, to by way of explanation and to introduce this. Uh, the premise of that website was, and probably still is if they're still around, that uh, what you do is you go on and you make an assertion uh, similar to Twitter, but you're just saying this is something that I believe is true or good or right or whatever, and then <clears throat> everyone else has uh, the option to agree or disagree with you. And you, it's it's like uh, a million polls, and so then you see how many people agree with you and, uh, and then you can also comment, and people can comment and disagree uh, at length and give their reasons for why they disagree with you, and, and, uh, and you can have a debate on there. Um, or at least in theory, <clears throat> that, was, uh, that was the idea. I found that with a number of the things that I uh, had as opinions, um, you know, maybe they weren't original ideas, but certainly they <laughs> struck a number of uh, other users on this platform as novel and they were just shocked that I would uh, leave some of the things that I believe or have the opinions that I have um, and and a, a number of them we got into some pretty heated uh, discussions regarding my views or their views and they went as far as to create opinions on that platform that specifically mentioned me by name and say uh, Garrett mullet is uh, an idiot and a, a poopy face and you know things like that and uh it, it got a bit childish and that's that's when i uh decided that was enough and I, I i left that platform decided that uh it wasn't uh proving productive i wasn't interested in just casting my pearls before a swine it hadn't started out as casting pearls before a swine but then it became very much that as time went on and then i had people trolling me and it, it was like uh their only reason uh for being on the platform became to just harass me uh anytime i would have an opinion and uh and so that just that was ridiculous but uh, you know it's interesting in, in the course of being on that site there were a number of people that uh i uh I got to talking with and they said, Hey, I really appreciate, you know, not only that you're willing, you have the courage to say what you think, and give your opinions, but also that you have the courage uh, and the uh, presence of mind to be able to defend what it is that you think, even at length, even in the face of some pretty uh, vicious uh, vitriol and, and to do so um, with relative grace and patience and, uh, you know, and to not just take that lying down, but then not to become just a, uh, you know, really inappropriate person yourself in response, which is, is very easy to do. I, and I have not always been gracious in response. There's been a time or two where, uh, you know, it, something said uh, that was meant to injure, 
I, I ran out of cheeks to turn and I blew up. And, uh, you know, I think it, it behooves us to, to turn the other cheek. As Jesus said, somebody slaps you on the one cheek, you turn to them the other also, and you try to be peaceable. And as much as lieth within you, live, live peaceably with all men, as the scriptures say. But, uh, you know, at a certain point, uh, you, you have to recognize when it does not uh, depend upon you. Uh, you know, as much as dependeth upon you, strive to live peaceably with all men. It doesn't always and uh, entirely depend on us. It does depend on other people as well. You could say it takes two to tango, but uh, uh, it, it only takes one to uh, fire a slingshot. Uh, at your uh, forehead <laughs> and and be a, a menace. Um, but anyway, you know one of the things it was a, it was a common complaint uh, on that platform, and it's been a common complaint on Facebook and in uh, in uh, many of the discussions I've had with people all over the world, all over the country. Uh, some friends, some your acquaintances, some friends of friends, some complete strangers. Uh, anytime you bring a discussion, especially of uh, moral absolutes of objective truth claims, uh, and and particularly, specifically, if you bring the Christian faith and what the Bible says into a discussion of uh, what is good and true, or more to the point, what is uh, not good and not true, what is false and evil or foolish, uh, you do that, and uh, there are very uh, strong objections from people who... Uh, think that Christianity, that objective truth claims that that is entirely personal preference and that, uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, I think it's Christopher Hitchens says, uh, when he's interviewed for, uh, Ben Stein's documentary, several years old, uh, expelled no intelligence alone. Uh, I believe it's Christopher Hitchens who says that uh, people should be allowed their religion. They should be free to, to continue practicing, but it, it should be, you know, kept more like a hobby, uh, like knitting, you know, something little old ladies do by the fire in their twilight years. And, uh, it's not nothing that, uh, it should be allowed to affect the way that children are educated, the way that public policy is, uh, decided and implemented. And, uh, you just, you just mind your own business and, and keep quiet and, speak when spoken to and ask how high when told to jump, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, obviously uh, I, uh, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> I beg to differ. Uh, I have uh, this uh, podcast from yesterday as a case in point, and it is by no means an isolated incident. Uh, you know, I, I recorded this podcast where I'm talking about uh, these articles that I've read about declining birth rates, record low birth rates in America and Europe. And, uh, and also, you know, if you do just a quick Google search, look at uh, Japan and uh, China and, and other countries that have become highly westernized, have tried to put uh, McDonald's and Starbucks on every corner. Uh, they've started eating, thinking, living, working, uh, acting like uh, Americans and Europeans, because of course, uh, you know, that we, we've, uh, gotten ahead, uh, technologically and they wanted to catch up and then they wanted to, you know, prove that, uh, they were as good or better as, uh, as, uh, as we were, as, you know, in the West, uh, and to their credit, uh, you know, Japan, especially, I mean, you, you think about, um, it was not all that many, uh, centuries ago that Japan was, uh, still in the middle ages and, uh, they, they made a, uh, national commitment 
as one people to uh, become industrialized and, uh, and technologically advanced to uh, educate themselves on uh, everything uh, that uh, could be learned from the European countries and from America. And uh, boy, howdy. I mean, they were, you, you get to the point of uh, World War II, they were a force to be reckoned with, no, no uh, doubt about it. Uh, but even today, too, I mean, just an economic powerhouse Japan is, uh, you know, they produce uh, some, you know, really uh, the, the most advanced uh, electronics in the world, uh, arguably. And, um, you know, just highly sophisticated, highly intelligent, highly industrious people, the Japanese. Uh, but then they're, they're running into issues, uh, and, and many other countries are as well, where they uh, took seriously uh, the... Um, warnings of uh, Malthus, uh, who I believe was a, a monk, who wrote some kind of uh, disturbing musings about the hypothetical future uh, of the earth once it reached uh, a point of overpopulation and what, uh, what was the result going to be of that, how many people were going to starve, and, uh, and, and you know maybe we should... Uh, uh, scale back a little bit before we, or you reach that point, maybe, you know, try and, and simmer down now, you know, not, not have quite so many babies so that we don't overpopulate the earth. Uh, you know, his writings on, on uh, that subject were taken very seriously by uh, many of the Western modern uh, governments. And, uh, you know, in, in the case of uh, India and China, um, the government stepped in and uh, not only said, Hey, it's okay if you get an abortion. We're going to protect that right. Uh, those governments, uh, even in some cases, said, uh, "No, we're going to com compulsorily uh, sterilize women who uh, are resistant to our, uh, our, our orders and, and laws about how many kids you can have. Uh, we're going to, you know, have uh, compulsory uh, abortions in some uh, cases, especially in China. I don't know quite as much about uh, India as a country." Um, but definitely in the case of China. And as a result of uh, such policies, you've had, uh, you know, a lot, a lot, lot fewer uh, births. And then, too, you have uh, cultures that uh, have become more self-absorbed, self-indulgent, uh, with uh, an increase in leisure time, with uh, contraceptives, with, uh, you know, this uh, highly advanced, uh, highly convenient uh, world that we live in now. You've got, uh, I think, many young people saying, well, why would I want to uh, spoil the fun? Uh, look how convenient my life is. I don't want to make it inconvenient by having children. And it's it's not the case as it was before automobiles, and tractors, and combines, and such like that. Uh, back when, uh, you know, certainly America and uh, much of the world was uh, much more agrarian, where you have a farm and uh, you have some children, and then those children... Uh, you know, for one thing, you might have a uh, uh, high infant mortality rate where you expect to lose a number of your children to disease and whatnot. Uh, and then you, you have multiple children just to kind of hedge your bets, make sure you know some of them at least will survive. But uh, you also had uh, you know, much more of a, a, a mentality that you, know, you have more children and that's going to be more, uh, not just more mouths to feed in the short term, but that's going to be more hands to uh, help do the work. Uh, around the farm, around the home place, uh, you know, more hands to help out in, uh, in, in building up uh, the homestead and, and the family reputation, et cetera. 
And, uh, and so, you know, that was, uh, you know, having a family was, was more highly prized in the modern age where we've got machines and, uh, and there's such a wealth of goods and food is not nearly so much a concern for the developed world. Uh, you have more people who say, you know, I'm just going to uh, focus on myself. You've got an increasing number of young men that, you know, even if they are, uh, reasonably well, uh, skilled in some useful things do they have a good career and they're professional in that regard uh otherwise they are still emotionally spiritually uh you know uh, uh, what shall we say stunted <laughs> um they they are stuck in perpetual adolescence um i am not coining that uh out of thin air i'm not uh, making that up uh it's been uh written at length about by many many people now there's this this uh, trend toward perpetual adolescence and society uh, not viewing men as really being men and having a departed uh, boyhood, uh, even uh, you know until they're into their 30s. Uh, and this is, you know, and I am, I'm 31. My wife and I, we got married when I was, I had just turned 20 earlier that month, 20 days before I turned 20, uh, before we got married. Uh, but you know, here I'm 31. We have seven children. I work. Uh, I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to build a career in oil and gas. Uh, obviously, you know, here with this podcast and other things, I've got uh, side projects that uh, I do partly for my enjoyment, partly because I feel like God has called me to do these things, and also partly because, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, this could eventually turn into something that that does uh, bring in some additional supplemental income. Uh, I believe it is a benefit. I am, I am providing a service to others. Uh, right now, you know, with podcasting and YouTube, I am still kind of uh, getting a feel for how these outlets uh, work and, and what to do with them, how, you know, how I want to approach them. But there's going to come a time where I, I get out of the honeymoon phase and I feel confident in uh, what my process is and how I'm going to utilize these. And once that uh, happens, then I'm, my plan is, uh, barring <laughs> uh, censorship from, uh, you know, the, the big, uh, you know, Google and Facebook and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, uh, barring those possibilities, my plan is to uh, approach these outlets uh, much the same way that I have approached my blog and, uh, and, and Facebook uh, with, uh, you know, in trying to uh, have conversations with people about, you know, what, what is true? You know, what is the truth and what is good? And, uh, and that is something we can objectively know and know, you know, human reason is not uh, sovereign, but, uh, you know, we, God did give us minds. And, uh, and as a Christian, I, I believe God's word is perfect, uh, and totally reliable. It gives us an objective universal standard of, uh, right and wrong of truth and falsehood. And, if anything contradicts that, we can know that it is, uh, at, at best, it is foolish and fruitless. Uh, at worst, it is just downright evil. And, uh, and, and you know, not just that uh, here's a, a book about uh, God, you know, um, but, but here is a book that contextualized uh, our existence as human beings. Uh, that was its uh, intent. Uh, you know, God loves us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever should believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, you've got uh, God loving us and writing us this love letter in the form of 
the Bible. And, uh, you know, if you think I'm long-winded, you know, look at uh, how long-winded God is and just think to yourself, that we, we are created in God's image. And, uh, and not everything has to be packaged in these little bite-sized uh, five-minute, uh, uh, you know, packages. It, it doesn't all have to be uh, instant gratification, uh, microwave, bumper sticker, fast food uh, thinking. You know, sometimes it behooves us to uh, take the time and, you know, hey, let's talk about this. Let's give this the the time and the attention that it deserves because this is this is more important. This is not just your your pickles on your hamburger uh, kind of a, a question where it's just up to personal taste. Do you like pickles? Do you not like pickles? That's totally up to you. Uh, you know, in that kind of a case, uh, you know, yeah, it'd be ridiculous for somebody like me to come along and say, Hey, I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to criticize and judge you if you put pickles on your hamburger, because I don't like pickles on my hamburger. So you're an idiot and, and evil and dangerous, uh, because you disagree with me. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. You know, that, that would be inappropriate and wrong for me to do that. And I would be, uh, judging by an arbitrary, uh, self-important standard of judgment. But by contrast, you know, if uh, if we say, hey, here's here's one um, worldview, <clears throat> let's take a look at it. It's being presented in uh, something like Daily Mail. It's showing up as a headline uh, on Drudge Report. It's showing up because some friend of yours just shared it on Facebook or Twitter, and you you click on it, and you read it. You're seeing a worldview being communicated. And you're being told that uh, these women, look how great they are. They are just so virtuous, and uh, we should all strive to be like them because they're going to save the planet by, by not having children. Uh, and so that's one worldview. And uh, and as Christians, we should be asking ourselves uh, not just, you know, hey, do they look happy, and, and aren't they uh, very believable? They, they, sh- they clearly... <laughs> uh, uh, you know, are, are committed to this, and they think that uh, they have the best of intentions, etc. Uh, as Christians, we should be asking: uh, Is what they're claiming and what they believe, and how they're living their lives, and how they're basing their decisions uh, about family planning, is uh, is, is their uh, paradigm? Is it correct? Is it uh, match up with what God has said about where we come from, where we're going, why we're here, what we should be about, and what we should do and not do, and how we should uh, then live? As wise, not as unwise. You know, and in, in the process of uh, of questioning that, you know, it, there's a, a fair uh, point that this uh, gentleman who objected to my my podcast yesterday uh, made. He says, you know, it's uh, it's one thing to judge those within the church, but it's quite another to, to adopt a overtly judgmental tone towards those outside the church. And you know, I I appreciate that because Paul does write at one point, uh, you know. Who are we to judge those that are outside the church? Uh, let God judge those that are outside. As for those who are in the church, that is our responsibility. And we actually have a duty uh, to judge those who are within the church if uh, they are uh, doing and saying things that are, are wrong and ungodly, uh, etc. We have a, an obligation to weigh in on that. And Paul even uh, scolds uh, the church for for not having for f- having failed to uh, weigh in on uh, a dispute, but uh, you know even so, I mean as we're as we're thinking about you know how then shall we live? Uh, you know I just read this book by J.P. Moreland. Uh, I'm not familiar with him uh, apart from the book, but uh, 
a friend of mine, Kyle Davis, recommended this book. And so I read it or listened to it on audiobook. And uh, the title of the book is Love Your God with uh, All Your Mind. And J.P. Moreland writes that, uh, you know, the Christian mind, uh, the development of the Christian intellect has been greatly neglected in modern times uh, with the rise of uh, evangelicalism. The emphasis was on conversion and it wasn't on discipleship. And as the emphasis, uh, and, you know, and conversion's uh, not a bad thing at all, you know, not to criticize uh, the Billy Grahams of the world. But uh, conversion is not uh, all of the, the story. That's not the whole picture. The great commission that Jesus gave to his disciples was uh, go and make disciples uh, of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That was what Jesus had to say. It was make disciples, not just make converts. And the discipleship process really should involve, uh, at, a, at a core deep level, cultivation of uh, the Christian mind. And in order to do that, you, you teach a Christian, you know, what, what, how do you think? You know, what uh, does God's word say? That's the basis for our understanding of who God is, who we are, who he's made us to be, what kind of a relationship we can have with him, and what kind of a relationship we should have with one another, how we should uh, orient ourselves. And also, too, it gives us a, a way of uh, discerning, you know, truth claims that uh, we encounter outside. Uh, now, you could have a couple of different options for, uh, you know, how to respond to, uh, you know, ideas outside the Bible. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, let's, let's just uh, think of them and, and list them off here uh, real quickly, real, real briefly. You know, on the one hand, you could respond to ideas outside of the Bible and you could say, you know what? If it's not in the Bible, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to have anybody around me who's engaging in those things. And that's where you get uh, maybe you know extremely fundamentalist, um, very, very conservative Christians who say we're not going to watch movies. We're not going to listen to secular radio. We're not even going to listen to Christian music that is uh, recorded and performed in a uh, secular style, you know, if you've, if you've got Christian rap and hip hop and, and, uh, whatever and rock music and, and whatever, uh, we're not even going to listen to that because it's, it's, uh, trying to emulate the devil. And I don't see rap music in, a, in the Bible, you know, and I've, I've even heard that and I object strongly to it. I think it is, uh, is, uh, a mistake. It is a, a wrong attitude. It does not come from the scriptures, uh, in, in my opinion, but that is one option. You can say, I'm not going to read a book by anybody who's not a Christian. I don't want to hear anything they have to say because they are totally depraved. They don't need, they don't know Jesus. And if I fall victim to what they're thinking, then I will have dishonored God and that's not good. And, and so let's just not even go there. Uh, you get a, a second camp, uh, which is the, the polar opposite of that, which says, you know, Hey, maybe possibly, uh, I'll read my Bible when it's Christmas or Easter. Uh, I'm a Christian, but I'd only want to go uh, those two holidays because the rest of my family is going to church. I kind of sort of nominally believe in Jesus. And, uh, and you know, even if I went more regularly, I'm in it for, for me. And, uh, and it's about uh, having my best life now and health and wealth. And uh, in a, a, as part of, uh, you know, pursuing that end, 
Uh, anytime the world says something that contradicts the Bible, I'm going to presume that the world is right and uh, God's word must not be totally accurate. So if Darwin says that uh, the earth and, and human life and animal life uh, has uh, come to be over millions and millions of years or even billions of years of uh, evolutionary processes of uh, one form or fashion or an, another, uh, biological, geological, uh, whatever, then, you know, I'm going to just say that uh, the, the Genesis, where it says that God created by speaking everything into existence, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that him creating ex nihilo out of nothing, uh, that must not be correct. That must be either figurative language or it was uh, they, they just didn't know what they were talking about. They, they made that up and it's not reliable. It's not accurate because science says something different. Uh, you know, and then you you get into uh, celebrity figures, you get into politicians, uh, you get into uh, intellectuals and, and college professors, and et cetera, et cetera, who are going to say, uh, we reject the morality and the historical claims, and the supernatural claims, and the spiritual claims of the Bible, and uh, we say this instead. You know, we're gonna we're gonna give you a psychological answer. We're gonna give you an emotional. Uh, answer. We're going to give you whatever we just feel like, right? Uh, and then, uh, and then you can have the the, the Christians who uh, are the, the polar opposite of this uber conservative. You know, they are the uber liberal Christians who they respond to that and they say, "Oh, well, okay, yeah, I don't want to take the Bible too seriously. After all, it is a book that was written thousands of years ago, and how accurate could it be?" And uh, we, you know. That, that was the best that they could understand the world as it was. They were probably still uh, believing that thunder and lightning you know, it had to be a deity because they just didn't understand uh, electricity and they didn't understand science. We understand science. And even if you know God was in the mix there, he was just trying to explain it in terms that they could understand with their primitive minds. But you know, now we're beyond all that. So, okay, so there's, so there's two... There's two polar opposite ways, and I think both of those ways of responding to uh, content, ideas outside of the Bible, are just profoundly wrong. Uh, it, it's like if you were walking a tightrope over a, uh, a canyon, you know, and you fall off on the right side, and it's hundreds of feet down, and you die. And so then in order to avoid falling off on the right side, you fall off on the left side instead. But guess what? Still hundreds of feet down and you're still dead. Uh, whether you fall off to the right or the left uh, on that question of how to engage ideas outside of the Bible and outside of uh, uh, Christian, explicitly Christian uh, teaching and thought, either way, you're, you're falling off into folly. And uh, it is not wise. It's it's not uh, it's not biblical either. You know, it's funny the the crowd uh, that's going to say I am a Christian, even though I don't believe anything that the Bible says. The first sign of resistance from outside uh, of the faith, I fold like uh, a lawn chair. And then you get, uh, you know, the, the other side is going to say, well, I only want to hear what's in the Bible and I'm not going to pay attention to anything outside of the Bible. Well, if you were to read your Bible, uh, for one, you'd be at a loss for uh, finding uh, good justification for that approach and attitude. But for another thing, you would find uh, some interesting examples, I think, that are noteworthy and, uh, and, and uh, relate to this question that uh, have to do with Paul. 
you know, his, uh, his visiting Mars Hill and, uh, and, and referring to the uh, temple, the altar dedicated to the unknown God. And, you know, Paul is clearly familiar with uh, the poets uh, of the Greeks. He's familiar with uh, their religions and their myths and their beliefs and their, their truth claims. And he uh, integrates that knowledge into his gospel message so that he, he knows his audience and he's speaking to them in terms that they can understand. He's not, he's not marrying the two as if, uh, you know, God needed him to supplement the gospel message with something that was antithetical to it. But he, he finds uh, a way to connect with his audience because he's aware of what it is that they themselves are, are saying and thinking. He, he understands the point B. Uh, if, you know, if this were Google Maps, you know, he's, you, you've got to have point A and point B. If point A is uh, where you're at, and point B is the destination, but uh, your, your phone can't find a point A, it's it's not going to uh, it's not going to get you there and if you can't find point B but you know where you're at it's not going to get you there you got to be able to know both point A and point B and I think uh, you know this is uh, is it's, it's very timely when it comes to apologetics uh, you know explaining the Christian faith uh, in, in in not clever philosophy human philosophy that's vain but explaining God's word and how it's true uh, and making an appeal to uh, someone's mind so that you're persuading them. And, uh, you know, the, the scriptures say, uh, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that lieth within you. Uh, it says, you know, do so with gentleness and respect, but it says, always be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that lieth within you. And I think that uh, that's timely here, uh, you know, study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, now, let me ask you this, too. Uh, you know, suppose uh, you're reading your King James only uh, Bible and uh, you're saying, well, that's the the original. That's uh, well, no, it's it's actually not. Uh, King James version was translated from uh, other versions and other you know, it, yet uh, it, it, the original writers of Scripture didn't write in King James English. Um, most modern readers today, English speakers today, uh, would not be able to speak or understand, uh, you know, English from hundreds of years ago. It's been cleaned up and, and uh, made easier for us to grasp over time. Uh but even so, I mean, you, you get your, your one translation of the Bible and, uh, you know, obviously in order to get that one translation of the Bible, scholars needed to understand how, uh, you know, not only their own mother tongue, but also uh, the Greek, uh, the, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, uh, in, in some cases, the Latin, uh, the things have been translated into uh, and so on and so forth. And then it helps, too, to read the, the comments that uh, other translators from history uh, have, uh, have left uh, behind, you know, explaining the history of this or that word and, you know, why maybe this other is a, a better translation, a more clear translation. 
and uh, and why they chose to go this route instead of that route. But it could have been this other, and it's a little bit ambiguous. Uh, you know, reading things like that, it's not explicitly within the scriptures, but it doesn't necessarily contradict the scriptures. You know, in some cases it might. Uh, as we go down the the road that we're we're headed down with liberal Christians and liberal theologians trying to justify being godless, actually, <clears throat> and immoral. Um, but uh, yeah, in any event, you know, if you you go outside uh, your house and you look up at the sky and you can see that it's going to rain today, and so you take along your umbrella, you look at the forecast on your phone, you can see that it's going to snow today. And so uh, you're going to put on your, your snow boots and your heavy winter coat because it's going to be negative two. And it, maybe it doesn't get that cold where you're at. I live in eastern Montana and it does get that cold a uh, fair amount of the year uh, <clears throat> through the quote unquote winter. Uh, but, you know, you, you're looking at right in those cases and so many, many others, you're looking at information outside the Bible that. You know, it may not be true in the same sense that uh, God's revealed word is, and yet there is truth there. And we readily understand that uh, there is wisdom, there's a benefit uh, that that comes from uh, getting that information, grasping it, and then acting accordingly. You know, and if there's nothing in the Bible that, that contradicts uh, taking your umbrella today <laughs> to keep you from getting uh, wet in a downpour, packing your your heavy winter coat because it's going to be negative too there's nothing in the bible that contradicts that or or should make us think that that god's going to be upset about it, us doing that uh, to the contrary there's wisdom literature that uh i think would would be relevant to give us the impression god wants us to act like that uh so also too not just with the very very simple things like the weather you know, you can tell that there's rain coming. You can tell that there's snow coming. You can tell that it's going to be really, really cold or really, really hot later. Not just with the simple things like that, but also with uh, more complicated, uh, intangible things like ideas, concept, uh, principles, philosophies, you know, worldviews, uh, assertions, uh, you know, these, these uh, presuppositions that uh, the world is just absolutely chock full of values statements, uh, implications of news articles and headlines and advertising and the movies you watch, and the music you listen to, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there, you could get just terrified at all of the possibilities of ways you might be misled and taken advantage of in those. Uh, but you could also uh, say, hey, you know what? Uh, there is a benefit, and I think this is where wisdom is. You can say there's a benefit. Some of this, maybe it's not totally reliable, but my life is better uh, for, for listening to some of these things, considering what truth there is, and taking that away and, and living better uh, accordingly. And then also, uh, likewise, you know, just like I would pack an umbrella if it looks like it's going to rain today, I would put on my winter coat if it looks like it's going to be negative two and snowing all day. Uh, you know, knowing that there are some bad ideas out there uh, that uh, we should watch out for and know how to respond to uh, is also wise, right? And that kind of judgment, because it requires judgment, you know, you, you say, hey, you know what, snow is pretty, uh, but, um, you know, three feet of it might have me stranded <laughs> at work uh, 
you know, I might need to prepare for that a little bit and judge that being stranded for work is not a good thing. It's not a wise uh, uh, outcome that I want to fall prey to if I can avoid it. You know, uh, being stuck in negative two uh, weather in uh, just a t-shirt and shorts, um, not a, a good thing, not a wise thing. Um, I'm going to make a judgment there. And you can do that with other people as well. We do it all the time, every single day. And even the folks who object to you or me or whoever uh, being judgmental, uh, you, you can ask them the question. I think it's it's uh, fair to ask. Uh, if you object so much to being judgmental and judging, then why is it you're scolding me right now for judging? You, you are judging me for judging. Don't you see uh, how odd that is? kind of undermines the integrity of your position that maybe you don't fully you know believe that it's always bad to judge you're saying that there is something there's a standard of right and wrong and that standard of right and wrong says uh judging is not a good thing to do but it's a, it's a self-defeating kind of a, an argument and, and worldview statement uh, i don't think most people uh have critically examined that ahead of time. And, and I don't think most people are even uh, familiar with uh, what it is that actually Jesus said uh, that they're quoting when they say, you know, judge not, right? They just stop there. Uh, but I'd like to read it for you, if you don't mind. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses, uh, let's say, 1 through uh, 6. This is Jesus speaking. He says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So, uh, you know, let's back up. and We'll go through this uh, as slowly as we need to to grasp it. Verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. So, in the English Standard Version, it's uh, it's not necessarily just an across-the-board prohibition, but it's it's more of a warning. You know, heads up, uh, the standard that you use to judge is the standard that you're going to be judged by, and people are going to turn it around just like I did when I said, "Hey, is it really judging that you object to? If so, why are you judging me for judging? Are you being a hypocrite right now? Are you applying this standard of right and wrong as equally to yourself as you are to me? Or are you giving yourself or someone else preferential treatment? Because you want to be free to do the very thing that you're telling me I should not be doing. Uh, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, you know, do you uh, <clears throat> see the speck that is in your brother's eye? but you don't notice the log that is in your own eye. You know, that's a, that's a fair question that uh, we all should be asking ourselves. You know, don't just turn that around on others, but ask yourself as well. If someone else were 
coming to me and asking me these questions the way that I'm asking them. If someone else were making these observations about my worldview, my lifestyle, the way that I am about theirs, how would I uh, feel about that? You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you is uh, appropriate. And that is uh, just a little ways down, uh, you know, in uh, uh, you know Matthew 7, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets, according to Jesus. That is verse 12. But also according to Jesus is, uh, let's say, verse 15. Beware of false prophets. Same chapter uh, that we started out with where he says, do not judge, uh, lest ye be judged. Verse 15 of that same chapter says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves, so they are not as they appear. They want you to think that they're really good and virtuous. They are constantly pointing out the specks in everyone else's eyes, and yet if you stopped looking at whoever they're pointing the finger at and looked at them, you would notice they've got a, a plank sticking out of their own eye that they're not willing to retract. <clears throat> So Jesus says, you will recognize them by their fruits. Well, wait a second, Jesus. How, how are you uh, expecting us to recognize them by their fruits if you just said, do not judge? Uh, if you're asking us to judge their fruits, then what, what are you getting at? Well, clearly Jesus is not that confused. He's not saying uh, 2 plus 2 equals 5. He's not uh, trying to confuse us. You have to take all of what he said into consideration and and come up with a reasonable uh, conclusion here, right? And and if you look at not just this chapter, but you read the, the totality of the scriptures, you see all of the prophets uh, that uh, God has sent to his people in the Old Testament and all of the uh, apostles and uh, Jesus himself that he sent to his people in the New Testament. You see pretty clearly uh, God <laughs> uh, requires judgment. Uh, the, the clarification, the qualification, the fine print is we're not judging just based on our own arbitrary uh, rules that we make up. And we're not permitted uh, to have double standards. You know, it's one of the things that, that uh, the Bible says God hates is unjust uh, weights and measures, you know, where you tip the scales, you put your, your thumb on the scale a little bit to make it a little bit heavier, make it a little bit lighter, depending on how that favors you. Uh, God hates that. Uh, you know, moving on, though, I mean, Matthew 7, Jesus says, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. And let's read on. You know, Jesus says, very next verse, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Wow. 
Ouch. That is a scary thought. Uh, you know, somebody asked me here recently, uh, gave me a topic for a five minute YouTube video. I asked everybody and, uh, her, her suggestion was, uh, you know, what about uh, what you're afraid of? And I gave the, the answer, you know, a, a physical fear. I'm a fear. I have a fear of heights. I'm afraid of heights. Uh, if I had a phobia, it would be acrophobia. But, uh, you know, spiritually speaking, you know, that would be the greatest fear I have. Uh, is that that this became me because obviously the people that Jesus is saying this to uh, at the uh, in the last day on judgment day, Lord, Lord, uh, you know they're going to be uh, looks like taken by surprise. They're going to say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name? And Jesus is going to say, Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You know, why is that? Well, you workers of lawlessness, it's you know, apparently, if you take the context of the whole chapter, it's going to be that they had one standard uh, that they held everyone else around them to, and then uh, a different standard that they held themselves to. And they didn't play by the same rules as everyone else. They pretended at being virtuous, as uh, Machiavelli famously wrote in The Prince. Uh, they pretend at being virtuous, as uh, Saul Alinsky famously wrote in uh, Rules for Radicals, but they weren't actually virtuous, right? They were just trying to become powerful and influential and, and whatnot. But it behooves us, uh, apparently, we have a, a command from Jesus to beware of false prophets, uh, to judge based on fruits, and uh, and also... You know, isn't it interesting when Jesus says, uh, you know, first take the log out of your own eye. Uh, he says, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So you don't just take the log out of your own eye and then that's that. You're, you're done and you quit. Right. And have your best life now uh, and just smile all the time and be super happy. No, actually, you know, you, know, you look at John the Baptist. Uh, his ministry was calling sinners to repentance. You know, repent. Uh, I love the Charlton Heston portrayal of John the Baptist. Uh, I believe it was the, the greatest story ever told. Uh, really fantastic. Uh, you know, repent. And, it you know, it ultimately ends up costing John his head because he even calls uh, Herod to repentance. And here Herod is. Uh, he is, uh, you know, the, the big cheese. He's the big dog. Uh, I do believe he even had some of his own family murdered because he was concerned that uh, they would uh, be a threat to his uh, power and his position. He's afraid maybe one of them would try to oust him or undermine him in some way. And so he had them killed. And uh, and then he ends up, he, he takes his brother's wife. And what does John respond to that. He doesn't respond deferentially and say, ah, okay, I'm going to uh, point out the specks in the eyes of the poor powerless people, but I'll ignore this log, this plank in the eye of Herod. Uh, he, he tells Herod also to repent. And as a result of that, John ends up being arrested and uh, beheaded. Right? 
And, uh, and just think to yourself for a moment, you don't have to be intimately familiar with uh, the history of the church, uh, the, you know, know every verse uh, back and forth throughout all the Bible. Uh, just being generally aware of the Bible, you have to know many, many uh, of God's people, God's messengers in the Bible that were called to go and, and preach repentance. Uh, not well liked, <laughs> uh, not uh, always welcome. In many cases, they were uh, arrested, they were threatened with execution. In many cases, they were actually put to death. And uh, as such, uh, you know, obviously they did or said something that offended uh, their hosts. Well, what was it? it? Was that they contradicted them? They said, uh, "You are in error. You are wrong." What you're claiming is not true. What you're doing is not good. This is what's true. This is what's good. Guess what that's called? Judging. That is judging. And not only was it okay for them to do it, they absolutely had to do it. And they were called and commanded to do it. You think about Jonah in the Old Testament. He's told to go to Nineveh. And to tell the residents of Nineveh to repent because otherwise judgment is coming. God is going to punish the city and everyone in it for being wicked. And uh, Jonah doesn't feel like doing that. He doesn't like the Ninevites. He hates them. He wants them to be punished. And so he actually books a, a one-way ticket uh, to the other uh, direction. He, he just, He's not going to go there he's going to go the opposite direction and god ends up sending him uh back he, he uh, hijacks jonah uh kidnaps him with a a, a storm that encourages uh, his uh, shipmates to throw him overboard to save themselves and uh and then god has him picked up by a fish who uh swallows him holds him fast for three days and uh, spits him out on the shores of, of nineveh and Jonah doesn't want to tell the Ninevites, you guys done messed up and you need to knock it off. You know, y'all need Jesus. Uh, he doesn't want to tell them that because he actually wants to see them get uh, get toasted. He wants God to just go ahead and, and uh, you know, finish them off, punish them. Uh, but isn't it remarkable, you know, God, what lengths God goes to to, t to have Jonah go and deliver that message? It's, it's pretty remarkable. And even in our day and age, we know, uh, you know, it says in the scriptures that in the last days, people will not put up with sound doctrine. Uh, they're going to gather to themselves teachers uh, who, who tell them what they want to hear. People are going to have itching ears that want to be tickled. And as, as Christians who want to be faithful, who want to obey what God has uh, called us to, who want to make disciples of all nations in, in fulfillment of that great commission, uh, we do not really have an option. Uh, it is not take it or leave it on uh, judging. We actually absolutely have to. It's central to calling to repentance and uh, telling people you need Jesus. You know How, how else are you going to have people uh, recognizing that they need a Savior if they don't understand that there's something that they uh, desperately need to be saved from. Uh, you you can't uh, you can't tell somebody, hey, listen, uh, this firefighter is here. 
uh, to get you out of your house and then to spray your home with this uh, high volume of water. Uh, you know, you, you can't tell them that and then expect them to, you know, take it seriously unless they recognize that their house is on fire uh, and that they're in mortal danger if they don't get out. And if their house doesn't get, get sprayed with water, they, they might lose their entire house. Uh, so also, you know, a doctor uh, tells uh, their, their patient visiting, hey, here's some chemotherapy I'm going to schedule you for. Uh, we're going to schedule it for surgery to have this organ removed, this tissue removed. It's going to be really painful and unpleasant. You don't talk a patient into that until you've given the diagnosis and said, hey, you're sick. Uh, it doesn't look good. Uh, we, I think we can save you if we uh, you know, employ this treatment. But um, otherwise, you've got this many months to live. You've got, you, know, you have to give them the bad news before you give them the good news. Otherwise, the good news doesn't make uh, a lick of sense at all. Uh, and so also, uh, you know, with uh, you know, communicating the biblical uh, view of life, of our relationship with God, our relationship with one another. Uh, there is far more to it than people just feeling good. Uh, you can't just say, "Well, as long as as long as they're not hurting anybody, who cares?" You know, um, no, actually, God cares. Uh, God's created us for a purpose. We're not supposed to live senselessly, and uh, you know, maybe folly and sin are not one of the same. And I don't believe they are. I think we can make uh, bad choices that are, are um, their mistakes without necessarily being sin. Um, but on the other hand, you know, uh, the scriptures say, whoever knows the good he ought to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. And so, you know, I think it, we do well to communicate to people insofar as God has given us a, an awareness of it with his word. This is what you're purposes this is what your life is about this is who you are this is who god is and this is how he wants you to treat one another this is how he wants you to live he doesn't want you to do these things he does want you to do these other things uh otherwise we we're just uh we're capitulating we are abdicating our responsibility as christians if we're not willing to do that in some way shape or form and if we're not uh willing to permit other Christians to do that kind of a thing, then uh, we, we're not on the side of the angels, certainly uh, not the ones that remain loyal to, to God uh, when there was the war in heaven. Uh, we might be on the side of the fallen angels in, in that event. But uh, in conclusion, you know, I, I would like to read uh, just one last passage. It says, Stop judging by outward appearances, but instead judge correctly. That's it. the NIV, New International Version. English Standard Version reads, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And that is John chapter 7, verse 24. Now, wait a second. Didn't the first thing I read out of Matthew... Didn't that say, do not judge? Ah, if you only read the first couple of words and didn't read the rest of the sentence, the rest of the paragraph, the rest of the chapter, yes, it did say, do not judge. But if you read the rest of the chapter, uh, you recognize that actually <laughs> Jesus is, is putting a qualification on judging. Uh, you, you judge in some cases, you absolutely have to. You are called to judge in some cases. 
you know, here in John seven twenty four, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And that is Jesus speaking. And if you won't believe Jesus and you won't take his word for it, when he says, uh, judge with right judgment, but you will uh, take it and run with it. When he says, do not judge by appearances, you'll just stop. Say, do not judge. Okay. Ah, wait, 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 wait. Do not judge by appearances, right? But do judge with right judgment. You got to listen to the other half of that. Just have to. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Podcast. Please hit subscribe on whatever your favored podcast platform is. And feel free to drop me a line on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media platform you prefer. Or shoot me an email at garrettmullet at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you what you thought, what you liked, what you didn't like. In any event, God bless. Have a good day.